Blog Talk Radio. Welcome once again to Elevated Places. We are brought to you by Elevated Places Network, and we are live on blogtalkradio.com forward slash Elevated Places. The call-in number is four, I'm sorry, the call-in number is 563 563-999-3065. Press 1 if you wish to uh, engage in the discussion with us, or you can just listen in, but we do have limited slots for callers, unlimited, unlimited access by logging into blogtalkradio.com forward slash elevated places. I am your host, Sister Ava Muhammad. My co-host with me tonight, as always, is... Brother Terrence Muhammad, our executive producer. Sister Rona Muhammad is ensuring that everything is running smoothly. Um, we also uh, are expecting uh, to be joined by our legal contributor, Sister Attorney Pamela Muhammad. And uh, I think I, I heard you about to say something, Brother Terrence. Is that true? <laughs> no, I just was agreeing with you about oh, okay. Sister Rona. <laughs> oh, yes, absolutely. And uh, I am, uh, unfortunately, Sister Mariam K. Muhammad will not be able uh, to join us this evening. We always uh, benefit from her uh, energetic and enlightened insight, but we still will discuss uh, COVID-19 and the vaccines that are ready for market. 
from two of the 153 companies that are producing a vaccine. We'll talk about that tonight because we know that the Honorable, Eli, uh, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan declared uh, to the world in the criterion July 4th of this year that we, those under his leadership and those who are blessed to have the clarity of mind except his guidance, will not uh, take their vaccine under any circumstances for COVID-19. But we will get to that this evening. Um, also, uh, we'll be joined shortly uh, by one of our uh, great writers for the Final Call newspaper, Brother Brian uh, Muhammad. Um, we know that uh, this past week we lost uh, uh, President Jerry Rawlings of Ghana, and uh, we really, those of you that may not have been uh, with us at the time uh, in the early 90s and, of course, Savior's Day 1994 in Ghana, but we uh, are blessed that Brother Brian Muhammad is taking time from his busy schedule, and thank you, Brother Terrence, for reaching out. Uh, he'll be joining us this evening. Um, he has a beautiful article in the current edition of the Final Call newspaper, um, and the minister has a special statement on the passing of President Jerry John Rawlings, and so we will uh, be hearing from Brother Brian shortly. And uh, then, of course, we have our wonderful callers, uh, some of whom, Brother Terrence, are way more popular than you and I. And we have people <laughs> that call in. <laughs> we have people that call in to hear the callers. Okay. Right. And so we'll be <laughs> we'll be looking forward to engaging in with our callers. There's so much, so much is uh, happening uh, as this. <laughs> This great nation unravels the United States of America, and uh, we are in the throes of a pandemic. Uh, we are in uh, the twilight uh, zone of one president-elect who has not technically, uh, if we're going to be honest and accurate. That's right. Uh, <laughs> President-elect uh, Biden has been declared the projected winner uh, by the media. (laughs) And uh, uh, until he is certified, first by the Electoral College and then secondly by the U.S. Congress, then he is the projected winner. And, uh, of course, uh, to no one's surprise, the current occupant of the White House is completely rejecting the outcome of the election, and so this uh, looks like we, this is going to be uh, almost every element you need to have, Brother Terrence, for a civil war. I don't think the country has been this divided since 1863 and 4. Uh, but we'll, uh, we'll I, I shouldn't say 1863, 1861. It was 1863 when uh, Abraham Lincoln issued the Emancipation Proclamation, uh, but the country was well into the Civil War by then. So 
that's it for me at this moment. I'm going to turn it over to you, Brother Terrence, and then afterwards we'll move on into our exciting program tonight. Well, thank you, thank you, thank you, and assalamu alaikum, Dr. Ava. And you profoundly um, just led into this discussion very, very, very profound because what you just said is the statement that has not been on the lips of people in media or has not been on the lips of those in social media. People have been celebrating. People have been dancing. But the point that you said is the major point, the projected President-elect, the projected vice president-elect, we have been given divine instructions, be quiet. And as, you know, we are commentaries on shows and as I'm in this political world because my job, we're now moving into the Senate runoff in Georgia. So we're, uh, all these organizations are now in Georgia dealing with the runoff uh, with the idea that we have president-elect versus the projected. Um, And as we know, one person is the president and is still in office, and one is projected but has not been certified and confirmed. So I just want to rest on that note that that is a very critical point that you laid out, and some of us look at it as a technicality, but in the day that we're living in, is very, very significant, is very, very important that you remember nothing has been ratified, certified, or verified <laughs> as of yet. And that's a major point, Dr. Ava, that we will leave that period in that point, but it's something where you would say, hmm, and we have to think on it. And I bring that up is because we looked at when you said a civil war that also takes me into the million mega march that just happened this Saturday. Um, And one of the things about D.C. after a whole summer uprising, D.C. is Chocolate City. Uh, And we saw through social media and news reports some of those mega uh, millions that was in the march in D.C. didn't get a nice welcome or they got a very uh, abrupt send-off when they was <laughs> in Chocolate City. Um, some of our folks wasn't liking and wasn't really happy that they was there, and they let them know their personal thoughts and feelings about their visitations there. And, and some people that I know was live streaming, and I was watching, and I was like, oh, yeah, you might want to go the other way. The way that you're going is not a way, and those that were organized and organized the streets to make sure that some of those folks got cleaned up off the streets and left the city of D.C. Um, but when you say that, that Civil War, I watched that little demonstration in D.C. play out, and it's very, very serious, and it's a very serious time um, that we're living in. So it's not only COVID-19 that has us needing to be sheltered in place, but we definitely need to be sheltered in place based on what we're watching in the state of America and the state of affairs in America. So with that being said, the best guidance that I can give, the best solution that I can give, and the 
solution that mm-hmm. is best is guidance from God through their servant or through God and his Christ servant, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. We will continue, and we will always go back because there's not enough time for you to digest, and you cannot run out of time digesting the words of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, because you can go back and parse every word in the lecture and bring out deeper meanings from every word that he has presented in the criterion. So never think it's something old and we need something new, because the reality, as our brother Ben Nets did so eloquently on one of his Facebook Live, he said, well, what's the minister saying about this? What's the minister saying about that? He said he said the exact same thing he said 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. He's been teaching for over 60 years, and he's been telling us and giving us guidance that we have not utilized. So I'm advising everybody to go back to the July 4th address, the criterion by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Go to NOI.org, NOI.org. And if you thought Brother Ishmael was saying something different, the law and we thought that was something new, the law before the storm. Well, there's a great book called The Fall of America and the Teachings of the Most Honorable Elijah Muhammad that foretold the law before the storm that we're watching play out today. Brother Ishmael will be teaching again this Sunday at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern at NOI.org. And the best way for us to get our our nation, our community together, the basis of community development is self-improvement because self-improvement is the basis for community development. Join us on NOI.org every Friday night at 7.30, and you can hear words from our sister, Dr. Ava Muhammad, to get us into our deep discussion. And I'm blessed to be able to be in our study group at our local mosque to really delve into these wonderful teachings that we have. Come back on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. NOI.org for more. But right now, I just want to give you all a special update. I kept telling you all, you all can get the exclusives here. You all can learn about new books, e-books, ministerava.com. Ministerava.com is where you need to go when you want to learn about all of the different things that Dr. Ava is dropping. But here, here first, here first, y'all better get your pens and pads and get ready because the ebook has dropped. Go to ministerava.com because you said, what? Ebook. Well, I ain't going to tell you. If you ain't going to ministerava.com, you don't know. So go to ministerava.com. But let me give you an inside track. So Dr. Ava is doing a book tour. Y'all hear that? She's doing a book tour. She's doing a book tour for her new book, the new book, Can a Muslim Worry? And the first date is this Tuesday, November the 23rd, on Sister Charlene's, another Final Call writer, staff writer, on her show, Liberated Sisters. And it's going to be streaming live on Sister Charlene's Facebook page and Liberated Sisters on YouTube. And this is going to be at 10 a.m. Pacific at 12 p.m. Central Standard Time and 1 p.m. Eastern this this Tuesday. Check out liberatedsisters.com for more details, liberatedsisters.com, but Sister Charlene's Facebook page and Liberated Sisters on YouTube. This will be the first stop on Dr. Ava, Can a Muslim Worry, first date of her book 
Tour, new ebook, and you wanted to make sure that you're participating in that. I also wanted to say, as we're getting with these final announcements, um, that we want to give a shout-out and love and thanks to all the believers, friends, and family for the prayers of our good brother, Bernie Ma- Bernie Moe. <laughs> Bernie Moe out of Chicago. And thank our sister, Sister Margaret Motte, for watching over our brother. The prayers of the righteous avail of much. And we thank um, to see him doing better. Um, and also, just a big shout-out for those that didn't know the Nation of Islam. Some of us got a peep into it last night. But for those that don't know, our nation is a beautiful nation, and we are doing a lot of things. There's a lot of folks on the airways. There's a lot of folks buying land and having farm animals. And you heard sure. about a brother Michael in Pennsylvania on this show. Right. You've heard some of the bloggers on this show. You've heard some of the writers on this show. You've heard some of the magazine writers on this show. You've heard some of the authors on this show that are permeated throughout the nation. So our nation has skills and scholars throughout the nation, and a few of them were announced last night, but they have been on this show. You may have seen one of our own, Dr. Ava. If you go to ministerava.com, you'll know about that. That was announced on a special show last night. And also coming up as I wrap this up, we have this Sunday, and I just wanted to mention this because it's going to be powerful. Our brother, student minister Willie from New Orleans, has a series, I Have a Testimony. Um, And this Sunday uh, on his Facebook page, um, uh, Brother Willie and Lady will be on that YouTube page, my number 46 YouTube page. But they're going to have the World Friendship Tour with Brother Tada. The E-Team, Brother Haroon, Brother Sutan, formerly of the E-Team, Brother Rashad Muhammad, and Brother Hamza of the E-Team. The Minister Escort Team and Sister Mary Alice will have a testimony about the World Friendship Tour. That's at 1 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Eastern this Sunday, and it's going to be a powerful, powerful thing. But as we wrap up, Dr. Ava, I just wanted to say that today I got a report because I do my climate change mm-hmm. stuff, and I heard that climate change or global warming is more and more deadlier than COVID-19. And we know who controls the weather. And it's amazing that they're trying to get prepared for that. And as the minister said, where did COVID-19 come? If you want to solve that, then you got to take it to heaven. Because it's a pestilence from heaven. So if you want to solve climate change, you got to take it to heaven to change all of the conditions that we're watching plague out. And, Dr. Ava, I know you just said we're going to talk about this vaccination because we got to talk about it because I'm hearing rumors about they get ready to put it in law, make it mandatory, man, woman, and child, and they trying to even say that you're not going to even be able to say you got religious reasons for not taking it. So we're looking at a very serious time coming in 2021, and that's why this show is here, Dr. Abe, and we thank you for the show so people can hear the new information, the current information, and if you don't get it on this show, go get your final call at finalcalldigital.com, finalcalldigital.com, and get your subscription to the baddest, boldest newspaper on the planet. Back to you, Dr. Ava. All right. Thank you so much, uh, Brother Terrence. A great report. And uh, we look forward, of course, uh, 
to the rest of the program, and you set up a wonderful um, base and created the great best environment we could have for uh, the information we want to give tonight. Now, of course, uh, we always have, uh, whenever she's available, our uh, attorney, Sister Attorney Pamela Muhammad, who is our legal contributor, and uh, she is scheduled to come up next. I'm just trying to locate her on the board. Okay, and let me try again. My screen is giving me just a slight bit of trouble, but I thought I saw her earlier. Maybe I didn't. Okay. And why you find that at? That is a virtual yes, book tour. That's a virtual oh, yes, book sir. tour. I just wanted to make sure I oh, correct yes. that people may be looking for you on the streets and on the roads. Just like that's an e-book, this is a virtual tour. This is a virtual book tour, just like it's an e-book. It's not a hard copy. It's an e-book for you to download. Dr. Abel will be also on a virtual book tour. I know everybody was getting ready to find out what city she's coming to to get their tickets. But you got to tune in, tune in for the rate next city stop or the next virtual stop on the tour. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, what we're what we're going to do because I know he has taken time away from his schedule to come on and join us. A very important event took place this week, and as we mentioned at the top of the program. Um, a very great man, uh, a a giant, and one whose contributions to the uh, restoration of the bond between black people on this side of the Atlantic who are the descendants of kidnapped and enslaved black people, most of whom came from the west coast of Africa, and the and the reconnection between us and our brothers and sisters um, who are uh, on the continent has been uh, exponentially increased. That that bond has been tightened uh, by the efforts of Brother Jerry John Rawlings. And so, again, in your current issue of The Final Call, there is a wonderful article written by Brother Brian E. Muhammad, and he is on the line with us tonight to talk about President Rawlings and to discuss what went into the development of his article. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Brian. Wa alaikum salam. Wa alaikum salam, Dr. Ava. I'm glad to be on your show. And, um, I mean, of course, the topic, of course, we wish that it would have been a more uh, happier topic. But, you know, with a life like Jerry Rawlins, it, it, it's actually a celebration when we look at it in the total piece of history, you know. And so I'm glad to be on your show. To, I'm honored, in fact, to be on your show to talk about him. Yes, sir. And, and if, uh, you know, we we do have some of our uh, listeners that are the, the younger uh, generation who may not, even if they may have heard of our brother in, in passing, 
the nation's history is so complex and so deep, and Minister mm. Farrakhan has done so much um, in these in these decades that he has uh, led the nation um, in the seat of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And I, I think that it's important, and even those of us that were present, we need to be reminded of the great uh, Savior's Day event in 1994, but we need to go back almost another decade into the 80s, 86. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> This is true. That's right. That's right. That's right. You know, give us that 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 insight, uh, that history, yeah. beloved. Well, you know, it's it's interesting. You know, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told the minister, the Honorable Mister Louis Farrakhan, that there were friends made for him all over the world, and as mm. the minister began traveling the earth to make this great commission of his teacher known to the world. He came across some of these friends. And 1986, the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, of course, embarked on a world tour. Um, I mean, he was down in the Caribbean. Um, He, of course, went to uh, Africa. He started in Europe, in London. No less, you know, they had a, uh, what do you call a uh, transit stop in London. And, of course, at that time, because of the uh, lies that the synagogue of Satan and their members put out against the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan in partnership with the U.S. State Department, um, he was persona non grata in London, in the United Kingdom, yeah. Britain. And, of course, when he got there, um, they detained him. They arrested the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And, of course, he was traveling with a delegation and uh, who was allowed to go out into the city, and they gave the minister the option, from what I understand, that he can go to a jail or a holding cell, uh, in the city, or he can remain at the airport. And that's what he did. And, and of course, his son, Mustafa, uh, stayed back with him. And this began this tumultuous journey on that World Friendship Tour uh, in 1986. To make a long story short, they went to Nigeria. And in Nigeria, there was a planned event, um, and this, the officials uh, came to his room and wanted to get what we call in Africa a dash, a bribe, more money, in order for him to speak in the arena or in the stadium that he had already paid for. To, in other words, the expenses have been already put out to for this event in Nigeria. And the minister is a man of very high, high, high integrity. And he's fearless. You cannot step to him and bribe the minister. 
as though you're going to punk him into giving more money because, you know, he he have a need to speak to or get his work done. Allah backs his work. So his work will get done irregardless of enemies, black or white. Let's just get that straight, all right? Come on. And so he refused to make this payment. The brother Khalid was with him, uh, and, and other members of the delegation went down to the arena to make sure everything was straight, to prepare for the minister to come, and they turned them away by gunpoint, would not allow them in to the uh, place to uh, have the rally or the meeting that the minister had planned to have to talk to the people of Nigeria. So in suffice it to say, the minister left Nigeria uh, under those circumstances. And, and again, I want to make it plain. The minister has been in a lot of circumstances uh, traveling around the world, you know, that we can get into maybe at another time. But he is not fearful. But we don't go where we're not right. wanted for one. And the minister is about preserving uh, what needs to be preserved to complete the mission that he has. And so he flew to Ghana, and in Ghana, uh, this is where he met President Rollins, but Sister Abe, if I can go back to London, uh, the pilot of the plane, because how they did it was they confiscate your Come passport on. so that you can't do any, you can't make any other movement beyond what they say. So they confiscated the passport and had a letter uh, stating what they were stating about the minister, again, the lies and the deception that they were saying he was not a true Muslim. I mean, you could imagine the nasty information that the government put in the letter. And they gave all of this to the pilot. Well, the two pilots, I believe both of them were from Nigeria. One of them uh, saw the minister months before at Madison Square Garden, where you know, Sister Ava, we had what? <laughs> yes. 50,000 in all, 30,000 in the garden, and 20,000 in the soap form. You know, and, and and scores of people who couldn't even get in. Well, the pilot exactly of the right. streets was there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And the, so the pilot was there that night. And so they put the plane on automatic pilot, and they went to the minister, gave him his passport back. He saw the letter, and... They would not comply with what the uh, U.S. government was instructing them to do because what they were to do was to hand the documents over to the next stop. And, you know, and if they had done that in Nigeria, surely the Nigerian authorities would have arrested him once again. So this was a lot in the mix. That that these pilots, because they were familiar with the work and they heard the word from the Honorable Miss Louis Farrakhan, that they did not comply 
with what the enemy was trying to get them to do. So Allah thwarted those plans. So he gets to Ghana after Nigeria, and President Rawlings was given the same message, that this man is a fake Muslim, he's perpetrating a fraud, he's here to start trouble in your country, don't let him in. Do not allow this man to come into your country. Listen, was not that kind of man. President Rawlings is a principled man. President Rawlings was a person who was fiercely independent. And he, so when his intelligence uh, uh, apparatus told him that this man we cannot allow in. According to Brother Akbar Muhammad, President Rawlings uh, said that sometimes when they tell me A, I do Z. And he allowed the minister in the country where the minister spoke to the Muslim leaders. He spoke to scholars. He spoke to the armed forces now in Africa, especially at that time, where coups was very common throughout the African continent. You don't let nobody speak to your armed forces, your security right. apparatus. You just don't do that. You know that ain't that's 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 like that's like African governance one on one. You don't do that. You know, and so as. And, and Dr. Abe, if I could just say this about the minister's trip, because remember, the historical context of all of this was before the Million Man March, where the theme was atonement, uh, responsibility. What was it? It was atonement, responsibility. And reconciliation. reconciliation. And reconciliation. Thank you. Which for Africa, that was the main thing. Because the minister's intention in Ghana was to bridge the gap between the Muslim and the Christians in that country. See, he was not going to Ghana to, uh, to lend to more of the kind of tribalism that you see common again throughout the African continent. He was going as a healing force in Ghana. And, the, mm-hmm. and so President Rawlins allowed him in. And he let him speak to the country in essence. And that's where it all started. And after he heard him speak, he determined that this was a noble son of Africa. And that he should have access. So that was back in 1986. Fast forwarded to 1989. Uh, The minister is back in the country. um, And they were uh, on their way to Nigeria. I don't know the backstory to the minister's full trip in 1989 
but but suffice it to say, he he was on his way to Nigeria. I understand that President Rawlins even provided them a one of his jets to fly them to Nigeria. You know, but before the minister left Ghana, President Rawlins asked him, "Will you open an office?" of the Nation of Islam in Ghana. And of course the minister said yes. And 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 part of the backstory was that initially Brother College was supposed to go. But we know that he had some legal problems in America that did not permit that to happen. And this is when the minister asked Brother Akbar, will you move to Ghana? Because at that time, I know that Brother Akbar was getting ready to actually move to Libya, where he was going to take courses in Arabic and in an exchange, I think, teach the black our struggle here in America to the people of Libya, you know, and, of course, those plans changed because, you know, when Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, even if, even if he hints something, you know, that's an instruction to us. All he got to do is just hint that it's an idea, and the idea is an instruction to us. That's, that's the way we do, you know. And so he complied, and him and his family, uh, by 1990, uh, uh, moved to Ghana and opened up the Nation of Islam Information Center and Ghana Mission, which served the people in Ghana. And then eventually that office was, uh, by virtue of Brother Akbar's travels throughout the African continent, uh, became sort of the central spot for us to do work throughout the continent as well. But if it was not for President Jerry John Rawlings, who, again, out of his love for our people, and as I put in my article, and I thought it was important to put in the article, that our relationship, the Nation of Islam's relationship with the country of Ghana was never political. It was not a political. You got many organizations and many groups that go but their but their relationship in these governments or in these countries are is is rooted in their politics. The minister did not go to Africa based on politics. You see? And and so when and so and, and President Rawlins did not ask him to open an office based on his politics. And we never got involved in the politics on the ground. And, uh, and, you know, the years that I was there, I know we've never, you know, whenever elections came around and anything, we did not, that was not our, our work was the resurrection of our people. And, and, and this is what President Rawlings saw. And obviously this is the work of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. And so it, so it was rooted in, the relationship is rooted in the friendship, the camaraderie, you know, the brotherhood of two powerful leaders 
who who are visionaries and lovers of our people and our rights. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's. I hope I answered your question. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> Did you? Wow. Yeah, that was a that was a powerful walk through recent history uh, that that's so profound it almost seems like ancient history. You, you know what I'm saying? That yeah, yeah. Uh, the nature, the nature of the of the relationship, and I'm so glad you you included in the article and and repeated on the on these airwaves that this this is not a political based relationship, and that's right. so crucial because one of the impediments to our freedom right now is this this house Negro mentality. Uh, mm-hmm. That many politicians and you know those those of our people who have found an oasis in in the desert uh, of being black, not only in, in right. white America where we're former slaves, but in a colonized and subjugated African continent, there is that same type of behavior. You know, and mindset, and 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 so you know, President Rawlins, uh, like our beloved minister, uh, is the type of black man. He was the type of black man that that we need, and then to have you know brothers like yourself and uh, others who uh, are able to, who God has blessed you to have that insight. Uh, in your travels, but also in your in your uh, ability to capture not just from a journalistic perspective, but from a spiritual perspective, um, how important these kind of relationships are um, in in re- the healing and restoration that is going to be needed in the next generation or so. We I mean, there's just so much that is left yeah. to do and. Like you said, it, it's it's there's a sadness because we lost him too soon. But mm-hmm. you know, when you look in the larger scheme of things, the minister, you know, he just he just has a divine way of putting everything in perspective. That you know, no matter how long we're here, it's life is like the Quran said, life is a vapor, and it just seems True. like a few seconds, but. This is this is how you gain eternal life. This is how you make your mark, so that mm. even though your your physical self, it has to all of our physical selves are finite. But this is right. how we stay here. And That's President right. Rawlings is is here. He's 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 yeah. here to stay <laughs> because yeah. of of yeah. the great work. So we we thank you for for this, brother Brian. Really and, and if I it. could just add something, sure. before, you know, before we finish, um, that because of how he came to power, you know, he came to power initially in 1979 in a military coup. And I know mm, come on. people think coups that sound drastic, like ooh. <laughs> he came to power in a coup. Well, things happen. 
and Ghana from 1972 were basically military government. And they came to power, the military, promising that, I'm talking about in, in the early 70s, promising to clean up the corruption and the, you know, the, you know, the, the things that they felt were adversely affecting the country. But then they became part of the problem, you know, and that's why President Rawlins in 1979 with a few other junior officers decided to rise up. And at first attempt, it was, it, it was failed, but then a month later, uh, less than a month later, he was, I mean, he was arrested. He took responsibility, full responsibility for the actions of his men. And they uh, court-martialed him. They sentenced him to death. But then the other officers in another move made another move and broke him out of jail. And they were successful in that second attempt a month later. And a few months after that, they turned the government, the military government that they were over, over to civilian government. That same civilian government began to get involved and not clean up the corruption that they, you know, that they uh, initially moved on them to, uh, to, to, to clean up. And he overthrew that government. That happened in 1981. All right. And, that, and then he he ruled it. He ruled it under what you know a military government up until the time that he opened it up for multi-party elections. And because he was such a popular figure, the people elected him in 1992, and he they under a new constitution. And in that constitution, they have term limits where they can only serve two terms. And and he and he was elected again. So and then by 2000, he stepped down because of the term limit. He didn't try to change the constitution. He didn't try to you know to do anything to to try to stay in power. He respected the the constitution that they set up, and that's why today, even today, Ghana is has a reputation for the smooth transition of government. All right. And so I'm saying all of that to say this because he came to power in the early days in a coup. There are those who hate him, and of course, there are those who love him. And when we assess, as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad told the minister, that when a testator is living, you know, when, when death comes, you, the, the, they put a period to the testator's life. And then the historians can come and gather up the bits and pieces of this person's life and then assign them a place in history. But because you're dealing with a man who some loved and some hated, depending on who the historians are and their bent of mind when they do this assessment. But history, as in Islam, we're taught that Allah weighs the good and the bad. So it's not that we're all perfect people, you see? Mm. But do your good outweigh the bad at the end of the day? 
And so then we have to let the test of time and the true historian of Allah do the assessment of a man like Jerry Rawlings. See, but the minister, if you read his statement in in this week's paper, you know, you will get a true glimpse of the character of this man. You know, whether he was, he was not perfect or whatever he did, or, you know, whatever mistakes and, 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 and you know, as the minister teaches us, that no leader enjoys 100% satisfaction of the people. Right. Never. So we have to be very careful how we look at men like Jerry Rawlings. And I'm saying this to his naysayers out there. Because I I ran into them just doing this article. Some said that I have nothing good to say about him and hung up the phone. You know, like, nah, no click. You know, but... <laughs> Because because they were, again, their relationship with him was political and maybe it didn't go their way for whatever that was about, you see? But that's your story. That's your story. He That is not the completeness of Jerry John Rawlings. And so we have to, you know, respect the authenticity of history and not be caught up in one way or the other. We laud him because he was a great man, you see? But time and, and the real test comes from Allah, and I guess that's why we say when we pass on, may Allah be pleased with that person. May Allah be pleased with that person because Allah knows the actual fact, regardless of your bent or my bent. I just wanted to say that because he, you know, he he was a great man and uh, surely going to be missed. But time time will bring another one like him. Won't bring him, but will bring one like him because we we have to get liberated, uh, you know, Sister Ava. We gotta we gotta we gotta go all the way, man, and make this make this thing happen. We have to, yes. And we got to do it on this end, this side of the Atlantic, you know, in order to be able to provide our family on that side, these, 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 these final connections that need to be made and only the teaching of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad are, are going to bring that about. But that that's, that is so beautiful, Brother Brian. Wow, thank you. And Dr. And Dr. Ava, I wanted to ask, I guess yes, both man. of you, um, wanted to ask a particular question. I know one one of my questions will be clear, and I'm kind of fuzzy about the second one. But the first one, if either one of or both of you can talk about 1994 um, when we went to Ghana. Um, and the second one was, I'm remembering, wasn't that a history of his daughters um, flying? Well, I guess there was the flight of the Nigerian pilot, those uh, flight that he took, their daughters had flown a plane or something, but that may be different, but at least 94, though. Brother Brian? Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, yeah, sure. <laughs> you know, we... Um, the minister allowed, and obviously the, the, uh, President Rawlins uh, opened the way and his government facilitated uh, in terms of allowing 
uh, us to have Savior's Day, um, the first, I don't say the first international, because the actual first international Savior's Day we had was when the minister brought uh, Brother Mo Makadafi to address Savior's Day convention. I forget what year that was, but it was by satellite. That was yes. the actual first international Savior's Day. So we say that this 1994 was the first Savior's Day outside of the borders of the U.S., you know. Right. Yeah, I think but, that was 85 when he had... 85, Brother yeah. Kadafi. Yes. Yes, that's, that's right. Mm-hmm. So that would have been yes, considered sir. the first international Savior's Day, but that's, that's maybe me going... That may be me and... Um, what do you call that when you get stuck on words? <laughs> you know, semantics. Semantics. Semantics, right. Right. But technically, yeah, that's that's spoken like a true uh, a journalist and, and person who's concerned with accuracy. <laughs> that's, that's real. That's real. Right, right. I mean, that, that's insightful. <laughs> So, but in, but in 1994, um, yeah, October 6th to the 9th of 1994, we held um, Savior's Day, and 1,800 people. Can you imagine? 1,800 people, most of them coming back to Africa for the first time. You know, now... The significance of it is huge. You go to the slave dungeons, and when you go to the slave dungeons there in Cape Coast and Almina, the two areas up there where they are located, you go through a door, what they call the door of no return, which means that our enemies never intended for us to ever return to the soils from which they snatched us from. And now 1,800 people under the leadership of the premier Muslim, the premier black leader in America and throughout the world, as far as I'm concerned, throughout the world, leads 1,800 of us back home to Africa. You know, and most of us who were on that trip, perhaps most of the people may never have even thought about going to Africa. All the stuff that we heard about the continent, we're nobody thinking about going to Africa. You know, that's right. So that's you know, so here we are, 1994, at the invitation of the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and it was wow if i can just if man to, to describe to you what we went through throughout that year just planning the convention then you had the opposition and it was so thick that the honorable minister louis farrakhan said that it was only allah that gave us that success okay you know, I mean, you had Christian groups who were praying because it was an outdoor event that 
it would get rained out. I mean, I mean, they had visuals, you know, to to try to stop this thing from going on. You you know, you got you had all kinds of opposition, and and so Allah proved Himself once again, and Allah proved that it was His intention that this connection be made like that motif of uh, of the hands across the world. Of the two brothers from one side of the world to the other, clasping their hands in in uh, unity. See, so it was very significant. It was very significant um, because it accelerated a process that has been going on for some time. Remember the Pan Africanists, early Pan Africanists. You know, you can go back to W. E. B. Du Bois. Martin Delaney, um, um, you know, you can go back that far of people who were making these connections. Right. But for us to make it, coming out of the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, who knew the importance of our reform before interacting with our brothers and sisters whom we were estranged from because of this violation of our black family by our enemy snatching us and bringing us over here. But he, but, but we can't just go back as Negroes, and, and I'm sorry, I know we don't use the word nigger on your show, but we don't go back. <laughs> well, we have from time, from time to time. Right. Time to time. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, I didn't want to disrespect that. I didn't want to, you know, but. No, but, 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 but you know. It's all context. It's, con- yeah. context. it's all That's context. That's right. Come on Thank now. Thank you. So, so, it's, so, you know, so our reform that, that, that we were, under, you know, our self-improvement, our you know, our coming back with our right mind, our coming back with the knowledge of ourselves, our coming back knowing that we were going back after being estranged for over 400 years. It was significant. It was significant. And so, and, 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 and the minister is, is correct, and he's always correct, that only Allah could have really made that time happen in the way that it happened. You know, I mean, so there was a lot, I mean, a lot that went on and, and, and I was in there the other day looking at some pictures that, that of that time period and, of course, the time period that we spent in, in Africa in on the continent and uh, you realize how much you how much you forget, how much more you forget, you know, than remember. But it was it was very significant, uh, Brother Terrence, you know. And, yes, his daughters do fly, you know, and they were flying since they were, you know, little. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And, and Dr. Ava, and I bring that up because one of the things yes, that sir. you said – you said the current history. We don't know the history because, honestly, I didn't know about the opposition in 94. All that we were taught, oh, we going to Africa, and I and that was it. And there was no – that I had no knowledge about all of the opposition of doing 
that in 94. And it's interesting, Brother Brian said, people went to Africa because the minister, we go to Africa, so we went to Africa. And it reminded me of the minister, we was always told to have a passport, but I ain't get a passport. I ain't never get a passport. But when the minister said we're going to Jamaica, I got a passport and I was in Jamaica. I probably wouldn't have been to Jamaica yet if the minister hadn't gone to Jamaica and I went to Jamaica mm-hmm. because of the minister went to Jamaica. Mm. That's right. That's interesting. Yes. That's true. Yeah. He's the only only leader whose um uh, followers are literal followers. Right. And literally. <laughs> <laughs> we don't just follow and, and, and him figuratively. Mm-hmm. We we right. literally follow him and he and this is why Brother Jabril's series is entitled Farrakhan the Traveler. And you know that's one of the traits of Messiah is Messiah is a is a liberator and a traveler. And wow. you know, you, you the honorable Elijah Muhammad uh really broke that uh he, he burst through that that invisible wall that kept black people mm-hmm. from leaving the plantation, you know, the 2,000 by 3,000 mile plantation of mm-hmm. the United States. Because prior to the Honorable Elijah Muhammad uh, standing up and, and meeting God, uh, you, you had individual black people here and there um, mm-hmm. who would leave. You know, uh, yeah. and and it, it was just a rare occurrence that a a I, black person uh, in the United States, the descendant of slaves, would literally leave this continent. And yeah. the, to, it was so rare that it terrified. This is why white people were terrified of Marcus Garvey. Okay, That's right. and um, mm. so it was very rare. And and the Honorable Elijah Muhammad started, you know, flying to other countries, you know, and, and to fly right. across the ocean to the continent of Africa. But he primarily was in uh, North Africa and the Middle East, mm. you know. But right. it was the first time regular black people, you know what I'm saying, <laughs> not, yeah. not somebody who was an entertainer. Or right. a token ambassador that white people picked or got permission from white people right. to go. Right. The Honorable That's Elijah right. Muhammad did not go to white people and say, Is it okay right. if That's I right. fly to Turkey, if I fly to Saudi Arabia, if I fly to right. to the to the Caribbean? And then the and, and naturally as we know you know the the minister has taken it to just another oh, level to where yeah, you yeah. know ordinary people we're just regular black people and yeah. we're traveling and we're not we're not going to these far flung places just to take pictures exactly. you know we, we we don't go down to the island just to uh, lay on the beach and go to a nightclub right. and shop during the day you know, we're, right. we're meeting heads of governments, right. business people, influential right. people. I mean, it, you can't—you just can't even put into words uh, yeah. what this teaching yeah. has done and what these these what our what our leaders 
uh, as the minister said in that recent letter to us, those under my leadership. That that, right. that we're a very unique yeah. people, and and we should very. appreciate it each and every day. You know, and you know sure. how we should. and you know how very unique we are, Doctor Ava. When you said we are literal followers, it opened up <laughs> so much. It opened up so much because I have a quorum. I have a problem, and I say this a lot of times in public spaces. I have a problem with preachers when the preachers come out in the support of a cause or come stand out for justice. The preachers come out in a unified front. You see four or five preachers come out and pray or they speak, but they come by themselves. The preachers don't bring mm. the converse, congregation. So if you don't bring right. the congregation with you, then when you're speaking at the podium, nobody is listening to you because they ain't no yeah. army coming <laughs> behind you. But right. we're the only people that the minister has to tell us, no, y'all can't come in because if y'all come in, y'all will fill up the seats and the people won't come in. So other leaders go, right. other leaders go, and they just speak to the crowd, but we have to make sure that the crowd gets in and then we pack ourselves around the lining of the room to be That's there right. with the minister. We're not, he doesn't just go anywhere and we get a whim of it. We might not even get the national structure, but it gets on a grapevine. He's going to be here. Right. We already getting tickets, planes. <laughs> we saw a flyer on somebody else's page. He didn't even come out on the national web line That's or right. the web news right. yet. We just saw somebody talking about it, and we send that out, and we already booked our flights. And we're going to yeah. be where he is. And that's not even, that's not even including the detail. That's just no. folks that are just no. showing up. Sure. And we're the but only ones know. where, and I'm saying this from all of the leaders that I know currently, I ain't even called no names. And the only other people that I know that do like that are the rappers that may have 10 or 20, 30 people that's with them, but that's an entourage, right. and they usually drink and smoking and wilding out. That's an entourage, yeah. Yeah, that's an that's entourage. An entourage. That doesn't qualify. But we They're have a whole following. nation that flops. Right, exactly. Right. Mm-hmm. But it's, but see, the minister is loved like this, you know. And even though, yes, he he has us, That's the point. but yeah, he has people all over the all world. The world, <laughs> you know, you know, when, when on his world friendship tour, on his third world friendship tour, when he was in Mecca, and you know, and the people. Now, mind you, now, you know, to, to, to those who like to fight with us or not argue with us, you know, about whether we're true Muslims or not, which is ridiculous, you know, argument. <laughs> but, they, you know, but, you know, we're in Mecca, and he's at the Kaaba, and the people begin to converge on him. I mean, literally, converge and crowd. And they weren't there to ask him, why are you here? If you if he's the if he's supposed to be the if, you know we're supposed to be the fake Muslims, right? You know, perpetrating or whatever. But they weren't there around him to ask him what was he doing there. They were trying to show love to him, and it was almost like the it was almost like a literal um, picture. In the scripture where it talks about I just want to touch the hem of his garment That's the yeah, way it was yeah. Yeah. See And this was a lot of people To the point where the 
police are what they call the palace guards there at the uh, mosque in Mecca at the Kaaba had to come around him and the delegation just so he could finish his circumambulations around the Kaaba because the people was when they began to hear that 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 Farrakhan is in the precincts of the mosque, they began to he became that fo- that that focus, you know, and so this is the way he's received all over the world, and we get that reception just by our proximity to him, you know. So that's exactly it, it, it is something. Yeah, yeah. And, and so and then so you get to where you, yeah, yeah, it's powerful. And and then of course the the ultimate uh, demonstration of his connection uh, to to Allah and His Christ is when you travel without Him, and you and you're handled a certain way. Okay, yeah. and and that's what happened with Brother Darius and I when we went to Mecca, uh, mm. and went to perform our Umrah, and had to go through uh, the Saudi Embassy in Cairo, Egypt, and when we encountered the low-level personnel, and of course the mm. racism, the colorism. Uh, oh yeah. The, the what Brian brother Brian just said that mentality of you're not a real Muslim, and when Darius whipped out the letter with the minister's signature, you know, and the nation's seal and everything, and the the initial person was like, oh we oh, oh we know Farrakhan, yes we know we love Farrakhan, <laughs> but he we, we, we but he can't you know he can't get you in. Okay, he can't. Mm. You can't get a visa through him because they were they were challenging us. Even though our name is Muhammad, but they're challenging us because we're from yeah. America. You know, right. so you all are slaves. You're not. You're not real Muslims. You don't speak Arabic. You were not born uh, uh, right. in in Medina or somewhere. And you know, it went back and forth. And and my husband said. Uh, no, you, you're going to let us in because we flew here from Chicago and we're not going back. You know, we're not going back and tell Minister Farrakhan we didn't do Umrah. And uh, right. he was so insistent. It's a long story. But finally, you know, someone, the, the higher up we went, the easier it got. That's the wow. level of the minister's yeah. influence. Yeah, yeah. You know, right. and they told us because Darius is one of the he did, he did over there like he does over here. That's how he is. Let me speak to the manager. Let me speak to the supervisor. <laughs> He's got my daughters trained like that. I don't want to talk to you. Okay, right. give me your superior. Okay, <laughs> and so they told us to go away and come back, and we came back. He wore his white FOI uniform. I had on my white garment. Ooh. I didn't say a word. He did all the talking. Okay, and when mm. we stepped up well. in that in that embassy, and and in that white FOI uniform, and me and my garment, I mean, it was like the waters parted. Wow! Okay, and they brought out this, <laughs> and this man, and he, Minister Farrakhan, Elijah Muhammad, the Nation of Islam. Right. They couldn't do enough for us. Mm. Yeah. 
And it goes back yeah. to what you said, Brother Brian, earlier about the Honorable Elijah Muhammad telling the minister, Allah has gone before you and made friends for right. you. He didn't say right. made friends for <laughs> me. Mm. He told him Allah has made friends for you, the minister, mm. all mm. over yeah. the world. Yeah. And like you said, with that pilot coming back to the, uh, where the passengers yeah. were himself and handing yeah. the minister his passport. Come on, come on. And saying it's an honor. It is an honor. To have you on this plane, but anyway, we're taking up. We're going. We're going on and on. We've <laughs> got other people. We have other people on this on this program. But that this, this was phenomenal, brother, brother Brian. You need to have a podcast or something. I know. I need to go. Because I this, had one. I serious. need to go. I guess I need to go back. <laughs> I didn't even know you had one, but you do. See that, and I didn't even yeah. think that just popped out. I swear, it just popped out. Wow. That's well, yeah, well, that's a sign right there. You need <laughs> yes, to educate to educate the believing community and and our supporters. Mm-hmm. Because the minister mm-hmm. does so much we can't even account. We, we, there's not enough space in the paper weekly and here and there. We, True. we just need to be on 24/7 yeah. just recounting his adventures, okay, yeah. <laughs> is, yeah. is, oh, is yeah. a healing yeah. for our people, you know. Yeah. But and I remember the minister thank saying you. something like that, you know, that yes, they were all talking about the world friendship talk. He said, well, but he, he, now I heard it secondhand, so I, 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 but it, I can, it's plausible, I guess they call it, just the able writing law. It's plausible. <laughs> he did say it, that <laughs> the people don't know because we didn't tell them. And so you're right. We have to continue to tell the story of our minister, our leader, our brother. You know, we have to continue. Yes. Yes, sir. Praise be to Allah. Well, thank you, Brother Brian, and please keep up the incredible work. We're we're all grateful to you and all of the final call staff for for what yeah. you all bring. I mean that that is after after his national representative, the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said that that's his number one minister. Is it mm. then it was the Muhammad mm. speaks and now mm. it's the final call. So all praise right. is due to Allah. <laughs> Thank you, beloved. All right. May Allah continue to bless you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, wow, that was awesome. <laughs> that was awesome. Yeah, great. All right. So um, we we do have Sister Attorney Pamela, our legal contributor, and she's also going to have uh, be joined by um, an, another uh, very special sister. Uh, and and this this is another there's another article in the final call this week you know just this paper just brings it okay um, and keeps us aware and knowledgeable uh, of the time and what must be done and um, so Sister Pamela 
uh, is on the line with us, and she's going to be joined shortly to get an update on this story that is in the final call. And this is this is uh, not a story that we're happy about, uh, but what it does do and is so important is it's a reminder that things never change um, with the enemy. They never change. And so now here we are faced uh, with the death of a 15-year-old young black boy, okay, and under under circumstances that are questionable, which I'll say at, at this stage of it, but I'm not I'm not going to go too much further into it until uh, Sister Pamela speaks on it, and then we're going to be joined uh, by another sister, our sister Crystal Muhammad, uh, about uh, and that you'll find this story on page nine of the Final Call newspaper, and Sister Anissa Muhammad. Um, wrote this, but let me make sure I have you on. Sister Pamela, assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam, uh, Sister Dr. Ava. Yes, ma'am, I'm yes, on. Ma'am. Mm-hmm. All right. And, yes. yes, ma'am, and as you, as go, you go say, right this, ahead. Mm-hmm. go ahead, okay. Yes, ma'am, and as you're saying, this is a heartbreaking story of the lynching and murder of a 15-year-old in the state of Louisiana. And as people have said, mm-hmm. this young man's body, you know, is reminiscent of our brother Emmett Teal because his space and his mm-hmm. body was so, you know, just really disconfigured and um, mutilated. But um, actually mm-hmm. the brother's name is Kwan Charles, and he was um, in a town of Lauryville, Louisiana, which – I believe it's close to New Iberia. It's also two hours from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. And apparently he he came up missing on October the 30th. And he was later found, um, I believe it was November the 2nd, um, that he was found in a sugarcane field um, just dead. And his face was mutilated. The cause of death um, is still... uh, under investigation, some are saying he drowned, but his face, as we said, was mutilated. And I think one of the crucial things of this story is the parents' concern with the outright disrespect, what uh, appears to be negligent and just total lack of care of local law enforcement in the investigation of this case and in the finding of this child. I mean, the parents um, began really they're saying that they had to do the investigation on their own. They had to search for witnesses and suspects because when they called and reported him, their concern was that they didn't get any Amber Alerts. You know, their concern was that this case was really mishandled with the police not really investigating uh, suspects because it was one of the family members or one of the family friends that had to find out after a couple days. They had to search on their own and find out that this child was last seen with some 17-year-old white male. Um, So then based upon that, they give this information to the police. They're searching. They're prodding. And they felt like, according to the story, that the police didn't even really follow up like they should have with this white suspect and his mother, 
school admitted that they were the last, you know, that they had been with the child. This 17-year-old um, was with this child, and like the child's father said, hey, we didn't give you all permission to take this minor. We didn't give you all permission to have our son, so that's a big question mark there. But then, yeah. you know, that's the, you know, the people, the suspects, you know, when questioned by the pol- the the family and supporters and local activists are questioning the police, like, what are you doing to solve this crime? Are you talking to these people? Lo and behold, the suspects they they escape. You know, they they leave in the middle of the night. And it, it's my understanding that even some of the local activists in going to these suspects' home, they felt like they smelled blood. You know, so. This is a long-standing issue in this area. Uh, we've had many murders. Um, this is Victor White in 2014, the young brother that was killed, um, and they said he committed suicide in the back of, a, I believe, a police car. He had uh, handcuffs on. You know, another uh, young man, Raymond Shahid, was murdered there. Again, they say it was suicide. Yeah. You know, this is another case where um, – they're talking about how 10 deputies had been indicted. This was, according to this article back in, um, ten, you know, not long ago, for beating up black children, 10 deputies. Um, and, and one of the things I, I think is interesting about this area, which is close to New Iberia, Sister Ava, there was a, a story uh, that I talked about last year where there was a judge, a black female judge, who they attacked, the district attorney's office, was attacking her, trying to get her removed. And, you know, just like this enemy does us, you know, they're the ones who are racist. They're the ones that are the murderers. They're the ones that are biased and trying to kill us. But they're attacking this judge, accusing her of being biased because she wants to give justice to some of the young men in her court. That was Judge Laurie Landry out of New Iberia. So now this is the same New Iberia that is, charged with investigating this case. And people are very concerned because of this history of lynching and racism and killing of, of our, our people. Um, so that that's pretty much some of the, you know, some of the parts of this story where this young 15-year-old ha- has just been murdered or, you know, and, and it, it's really a pattern. This is a pattern, so it goes to show there. you know, this is not a place for us. We have to separate and take care of our own, um, you know, because we're living amongst, like you say, people who have, have not changed for over this 400, over 400-year 400 history of killing and murdering our people. Yes, ma'am. So um, that that's pretty much... Um, the modern-day lynching in Louisiana that is in the final call uh, where the young man was found dead in a sugar cane field. It's, it's just, you know, it's just horrible. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, and, and all the classic components of um, adding injury to injury and insult to injury and stress, uh you know when i when i read in the paper that the parents thought thought he was in his room at home right yes ma'am right you know and and ended up breaking down his bedroom door cuz he wouldn't open the door and he wouldn't respond 
And as you said, uh, you know, with, with, it, it just raises up, you know, bile in my throat and anger because, uh, and maybe I'm just hypersensitive to racism, but this classic situation, you know, some white people, okay? Right. You know what? You know, I'm not going to have, you know, when my daughters were in their teens and and even now in their 20s and one of them is a a mother, you you know, I'm not going to have young people coming in my house and staying in my home and, and I don't let somebody know they're there. I don't ask them, uh, who knows you're here? And let me call your mother or your father or your grandma, whoever, to know that you're over here. Right. Right. Yes. See, this, 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 this idea that they continue to exert ownership over right. us like property, like That's we're right. their pets. Yes, ma'am. You know, and then so here's I think about the the parents, and we know how it feels if if, if our children are gone for a few hours, okay? Yes, beyond the time, you know, we all have that comfort level, that that these parameters. You know, some of us have a shorter leash on our children than others, but we yes, have that time frame, and then your instinct kicks in. You know, and you're like, no, this is not my child. This is this is not how they behave. This is not. Right. They don't just they don't just go dark. They don't just disappear like this. And and now you're looking for some sort of assistance, and you can't get it. You know, and it yes, just ma'am. it just angers me. But um, I do want to uh, bring on to the call as well uh, our sister Crystal Muhammad. And if you look at the story, you'll see Sister Crystal um, in in the uh, picture uh, of of community activists, you know, seeking uh, justice for Kawan. And it, it just, it, it, I, I'm just left without words. But uh, Sister Crystal Muhammad is on the line. She's with the New Black Panther Party, and she's on top of this case. And Sister Crystal, uh, do I have yes. you on? You have me on. Oh, good. I'm Sister Ava Muhammad. First well, and foremost, Salaam, beloved. Oh man, first and foremost, it is an honor and a privilege to be on your radio broadcast, and oh. it is even more of a, a privilege that my sister, Sister Pam Muhammad, brought me on this radio broadcast. Yes, Yes. I, I broke my teeth in the movement, being an activist in Houston, Texas, at March 45. I started yes, off at the National Black United Front, and that's why I met Sister Pam Muhammad. She was fresh out of yes, Southern Law School. <laughs> and, yes, and And I was like, you know, a young, aspiring to be attorney going to Texas Southern. And I was working for a black law firm that was more interested in money than justice. And I decided I wanted to be a full-time activist. And Minister Rob Muhammad, who is now known as Abdul Halim Muhammad, was one of my guides and teachers. I am now the national chair of the New Black Panther Party, but I am my resurrection 
from a spiritual uh, awakening came through the teachings of the most honorable Allah Muhammad, from Master Farah Muhammad. Minister Farrakhan woke me up. Everybody used the word woke. But I was I became woke from the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. At the time that was brought to me by Farrakhan. Make no mistake about it. And when I was in the nation, Dr. Collett was a national uh Oakland and Supreme Captain, you know, and and when the time came that I was recruiting to the to the New Black Panther Party, I was already seven years deep. Uh, honorable was I believe representative of the nation of Islam. And I took all of my teachings that I learned from the messenger, the most honorable large Muhammad. All of my teachings that I learned from Farrakhan. All the teachings I learned from Malcolm. All the teachings I learned from Dr. College. And I have utilized that. And I demand that everybody that's in the member in the New Black Catholic Party learn and utilize it in the work that we do today. Allah makes no mistake. Sister Pam called me today because you know what? Sister Pam in Houston, for years we have been on the forefront of activists fighting for justice. And you, Sister Ava Muhammad, as me as a young a young Muslim woman in the nation. When I first saw you, I was like, wow, women got a voice here. Praise be to Allah. I was like, not only do you have a voice, you were an attorney, just like Sister Pam. So you not only used your voice, but you fought for our people. And that motivated me to be a, a woman leader in this movement. You don't know how much tonight's show means to me. But it's not about us. I want to talk about Kawan. I'm a native of New Orleans. And I have been moving across the southern region for decades. Texas, Mississippi, Louisiana, Arkansas, dealing with lynchings. We've been dealing with four different lynchings in Mississippi. Dealing with injustice. The final call has always been a platform for us to get the word out. I can think about Sister Aisha, Sister Rhodesia, Brother Brian, Brother James, this new sister they reached out to us, Sister Anissa, who gave us a platform when the white media wanted to silence us. It's the final call that put the word out about what's going on when they try to do a whiteout, which we call it. They try to white out the truth. But let me tell you about Kawan's case. Kawan, we've been... We already was on the ground most recently in Lafayette. Lafayette and New Iberia. New Iberia is like it's like the south side of Chicago to give a demographic. It's still the same perimeter. Majority black. And but Kawan was living with his dad in Baldwin, Louisiana, which is about about 45 minutes from the most main city, Lafayette. He was living with his father, but his mother lived about 30 minutes in Youngsville. And although, and he was living with his father because his his family made an agreement that he would live with his dad in his teenage years. Because you know you need the male figure. 
But his mom would come get him every Friday and take him to get a haircut. So she came to take him to get his haircut. And when his dad called him to Kawaii, your mom was on the way, he didn't answer. But she still came. And then she got there, and they banged on the door, and he wasn't in there. They knew something was wrong. They called his phone, he didn't answer. They called his phone, they started calling everybody that he knew, he didn't answer. They knew something was wrong. They called the police. The police in Baldwin ignored them. They told them, oh, he's probably at a football game, ignoring two black parents. The parents that night had to go out looking for him. You are supposed, the police in Baldwin was supposed to issue an Amber Alert that night. But this goes on across America. There are hundreds of thousands of black children missing because they don't issue an Amber Alert when it's a black child. The family had to go out and, and, and ask the questions. The police brushed them off and Baldwin. They had to go and search for days. They made the call to find out where their child was last seen with. And then they still got brushed off when they were told. They reached out to the sheriff in Iberia Parish. The sheriff, Romero, still brushed them off. Then finally, they did a, a search, and, and, did, and after the family gave them the contact information on who he was last seen. But they had to go to his social media, his friends, to find out. And they, from October the 30th, it wasn't until November the 4th that they were notified that their child was found dead, stripped naked, fist balled up, stripped naked, fist balled up. In the field. Mm, mm, mm. And let me give you an idea of how this had to happen. I, Lafayette is the closest major city. His mother, his mother lived in Youngsville, which is 30 minutes from Lafayette. And then his father lived in Baldwin, which is 15 minutes from that, which is 45 minutes from Lafayette. But he was found in Laurelville which is 45 minutes away from Lafayette and uh, Youngsville. These people, Gavin Irvin and his mother, Janet Irvin, picked this child up without the, the parents they knew even know who these people were. And what we believe is it was under disguise of they were going to buy uh, uh, this dog. He had a dog. This is the premeditated devilment that this police department has just released just a couple of days ago because they found his body on the 4th. The parents reported him missing on the 30th. We have been pushing the issue that they didn't issue an Amber Alert. We have been pounding the payment that these people must be arrested. Do you know that the sheriff, as of November the 4th, once they knew who had taken him, where they were located, had the nerve to tell the parents, that they were treating this as a homicide investigation. And the district attorney in Iberia Parish did not press charges after the dead body was found. Do you know the sheriff had an early tell the family that they were letting these people call into him and report their whereabouts every day instead of arresting them? And then on mm-hmm. uh, when we had a demonstration last week, 
The day of the demonstration, the sheriff issued the same sheriff, Romero, who told us who would not go out and issue ambulance, who was forced to uh, contact these people who took him, issued a eviction to the Irvings to get out of town legally. So the day, the same day of the same day of our demonstration, the sheriff evicted them to give them a, a, a plea and get out anywhere in the planet card. So once we we and we didn't find it out until the demonstration, when some person screamed, we just saw them take a U-Haul. So the community, we left the demonstration, and we went to the trailer park in Larville to where these urbans were. And guess what? It smelled like it, it smelled like death. This trailer park has 20 trailers, and all the neighbor a, a good bulk of neighbors came out and said this smell started around the time that Kawan came in. The smell wow. of death is still there. The smell oh. of death is still. They had this baby in this trailer. The sheriff let them get away with it. And you know what else the people told us? They said on the 29th. It was a clan gathering. And we got the videos. You see nothing but big trucks. Some of these trucks, we believe, are police officers. These are rituals. They, remember, it was a, I don't know if you know, but down here, we started getting text alerts that the, in, in response to what was going on with Trump to travel in Paris because the clan was planning on abducting and making an example of Trump didn't win. I'm going to tell you what they won't tell you on national media. This boy was taken. He was coerced. You know how people are so gullible. They just don't believe that the devil is the devil. They don't believe the white man is the devil. Even a parent. Somebody that young. Sister Ava, every last lynching we've dealt with from Oldenburg to Jeremy Jackson to Philip Carroll to um, Willie Jones Jr., all in Alfred Wright, all of their parents tell us the same thing. I told my child to love everybody. Mm-hmm. And all of these cases, they let their guards down, and this child didn't know that the white man was the devil. And you know what these wicked mm-hmm. devils did? And all the pressures come out. The, the, the mayor of Baldwin came out and said, when we said, why was the Amber Alert issue? And we went to the trailer and found the stinking smell of death, their next response was the next day was to say the mayor came out and said, well, the police chief hasn't been seen for nine months. And then the police chief comes on and says, I work the night shift. And guess what? The police chief is black. We have black devils in the midst. It was the police chief. They were, they have been taking money and not being at work. See, there's something going on in these small towns across America. Yes, ma'am. People are getting checked. Thank you. And, and they did not go out and issue an Amber Alert. And you know what? After all the press, once it went on Good Morning America, once it hit the final call, once it went on Dr. R's show, once Beyonce tweeted about it a couple of days ago, the police came on the news and showed a video showing Kawan getting in the car. And okay. we have announced a, na- a national demonstration on the 28th. Because we will we put political action in place. We are, we are organizing a recall of all these elected officials that are involved, from the DA to the sheriff to the police chief 
And as, as soon as we announce that we're doing a recall, they they come out and say, well, we have a video showing Kawan voluntarily get into the car, so this is not a, a abduction. No. And Sister Ava, Sister Pam, you attorneys, I Googled it, but even when you Googled it, an abduction doesn't mean you just grab someone. An abduction means the unauthorized taking of a child without the parent's consent. Not only did the parents not consent, they don't even know these people that took their child. Wow. Yes, ma'am. And they didn't even get the video until November the 4th. So that is not a reason to not issue the Amber Alert on October 3rd. But this story came out because they want to discourage the deaf, dumb, and blind. Yes, ma'am. Sister Crystal. Yeah, I know um, I wanted to... um, Sister Ava, she, you going to come on tonight and give us that update, and it's so fascinating and so much. So I don't know how much longer, because she, she, you know, that she's got uh, tonight. Yeah, um, we're so about to go. Yeah, we're, we're going to be going that. off the air in twenty minutes. Okay. And we got. Uh, okay. We haven't taken any calls yet. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. my apologies. It's just so much. No, to no, no. Don't apologize. It's just yeah. Awesome. It's just so. Awesome there's so much going on. Yes, ma'am. Yeah, but I'm here yes, on the ground, you have to... and, and the devil is trying to trick the people because they recently, yeah. just two days ago, put out a story to say, hey, we got a video, and this child got in the car voluntarily. It's still an abduction. If the parents didn't know, the parents didn't well, yeah, know who these people were. Capable. They're not capable of, of volunteering. At, no, at 15, you're not capable of consenting and volunteering. Yeah, just like they're right. trying to now uh, give vaccinations to, to 11-year-olds. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's like they're, they're talking about they were playing with a dog. Well, you, well, well, what did you? How did you use this puppy to lure him into the car? That's, that's, like, that's like a pedophile going to a park and say, I got candy, and the kid gets in the car. Well, exactly Are you going to say right. the kid went after the candy, so it's not an abduction? No, that's exactly right. So, uh, Sister Ava and everyone that's listening, and Sister Pam, um, Kawan's funeral is this Saturday. The family has had the support from the New Black Panther Party, Stand Black, Village 337, the NAACP, the ACLU, and I can say with this story being out and you bring us on the air that the nation of Islam, you know, is with this child, the usual suspect. We are always the ones who step to the plate. But what we want is for more people to step to the plate in any shape, form, or fashion if you share in a post. But we're not going to allow them to get away with it. They're trying to pass the buck now. You know, the, 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 the mayor... Is blaming the sheriff. I mean, the, the police chief saying the police chief hasn't been seen in nine months. The police chief says, "Oh, yeah. I want the night shift." Neither, ne- no, not one agency issued an amber alert. And what I must also say, the mis, the misinformation that the that the national media has put out when they put this video out two days ago is to say he wasn't abducted because he voluntarily got in the car. But the the, the police on record did not receive that video until November 4th. They hmm. also stated that they, that they, in, that they put the information to the, the missing uh, children alert 
They did not put that into the Mission Children Alert until November the 3rd after his body was found. The okay. devil is going on. The technology. Yes, the Amber Thank Alert you. should have went on the 30th. Yes, and ma'am. so many times our black children are missing, and they don't put out an Amber Alert. Well, thank you so much, Sister Crystal. Uh, we appreciate all that information. This is so informative to us. I know Dr. Ava, uh, you know, has some other things, too, uh, regarding the show. So thank you so much for sharing that. Can I say that lastly, on November the 28th, at the governor's mansion in New Orleans, in Baton Rouge, we're having a major demonstration. And just as we've called, and they we're organizing a recall for the district attorney, the sheriff, the police chief, we will be organizing a recall for the government. We will use our okay. black vote, just like they use a black vote to get Biden in office. We will use our black vote to get all these elected officials out of office. We're turning the tables over in the temple. Black power, assalamu alaikum. Thank you. Thank you so much, Sister Crystal and Sister Pamela. And uh, you know, again, this everything is coming down on us to 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 bear on us, uh, to to force us uh, to separate. And now we have to lose another baby uh, mm. because we just don't get it. We just don't get it. You know, we're we're uh, you know in a den of of devils. Right. And as the sister said, you know, as late in time as it is, parents are still, black parents are still teaching to love and trust everybody. That's right. That, you know, if, if some of us are so warped, we think it's a crime to to be aware of the nature of the enemy. That's not hate when Come I on. know the nature right. of the enemy. Yeah. It, it's It's my survival instinct. That's at work. It has nothing to do with uh, hate or how I feel about somebody. But we'll we'll stay on top of it. And of course, the Nation of Islam uh, is is always at the forefront. And this is why we have covered this tragic event um, in the final call. We will continue. We will continue to cover this and follow this and and do uh, whatever whatever we can. So thank you, and thank you, Sister Pamela. So uh, we're going to try to get a a few calls in. Um, And, of course, those of you who have called in and been waiting to weigh in, uh, next Thursday night, uh, which is a national holiday (laughs) for America, (laughs) but we we will not be celebrating the annihilation of the Native Americans. That's but how right. what what the what the minister has told us to do is you know with, with your family you gather with your family and eat wholesome and healthy food and come on talk about truth talk about the teaching and love your family okay love your family don't let this enemy break up your family that's all I'm going to say on that uh, come on. Sister Ula I hope she's still among the so the content. <laughs> 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 well, like a well, 
Yeah, last week I was doing what I just got through doing now because I I had a full day from six five or six in the morning until I got to your show and I said, oh, I, I listened to the playback and I did enjoy that, but I wasn't no good. What I was going to say, Sister Ava, is um, I'm I'm still I know we're going through a lot nationally, but I really want to encourage the listening audience, because where I came from, our minister used to tell us, teach the people Yakub's history often. And and a lot of people are taking this coronavirus test, and some, and some of the people that have taken it, then they, didn't, they don't have anything wrong with them until they take the test, and then they got it. They start coughing and sneezing, this, that, and other. I'm not taking the test. And I don't have any confidence sneezing. And, and one brother was told that by the doctor. I'm going to keep it short so others can get on. The doctor said, you're not, you don't have a fever. You're not sneezing or coughing. He said, you don't have the virus. Go home. But another brother that worked in the hospital, worked, not worked in the hospital, said that they were instructed to tell everybody to come in the door that they got the coronavirus. So I just want to keep it short. I pray Allah bless and be with you, Sister Ava. And the members of your family. Assalamu alaikum. Well, alaikum salam. I mean, a great, great critical point. You know, we got to get Dr. Achille out of Houston on this program because, you know, he, he has said you shouldn't, you know, all these millions of people running out to get tested. We, we have to talk about that, you know, and what is up under that and how how that is at the root of why all these numbers are going up, okay? And never before in our history has there been this national 24-7 call for the entire population to submit to testing, particularly uh, when the testing has been uh, severely criticized, even by their main man, Anthony Fauci, uh, for lack of accuracy, when we don't know necessarily what the risks are in, in getting tested, this thing, this long thing, they stick up your nose that goes all the way up in your head. Uh, that's one of the things we, we want to get into. I wanted to talk more about the vaccine tonight, but we'll do it uh, next week. And then in the week after that, Allah willing, uh, we'll have some of our, our experts uh, come on to to talk about this because the enemy is moving uh, rapidly to uh, get our people to uh, take what the pharmaceutical companies are telling you themselves is a gene-altering vaccination. There's never been a vaccination like this. It is not made uh, uh, from the inactive uh, cells of the virus itself. This is a genetic coding that is introduced in your system to instruct your immune system to act and behave in a certain fashion. All right, and so uh, we'll, we'll get into that more uh, next next week. Um, let let me uh, try to get some of our calls, and we have Brother Frank on the line, and he has a comment. I. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Frank. Assalamu alaikum to you, my sister Muhammad, my brother Muhammad, your guest. How y'all doing? Can you hear me okay? 
Yes, you can. Like, oh, yes, sir. You know, you know, you guys, excuse me. I wanted to comment because there's something very outstanding. Y'all were talking about the unique, the uniqueness of black people, you know, and I wanted to comment on that in regards to how yes, that that affects us negatively too, also as well. Let me come off the speakerphone, but. Since uh, the conversation came up about this 15-year-old child, I just got to speak out on this. I'm so proud to hear what you said, what you said, Sister Muhammad, in regards to we got to stop educating our people in regards to with this let's get along and love everyone. See, that's what the problem is right there. What happened to this 15-year-old young man, this 15-year-old baby? I blame the parents just as much as I blame those who slaughtered this young man. You know what I'm saying? The miseducation and the uneducation of the uneducation of our people. You know what I'm saying? We are taking part in that too. I'm gonna give you a good example. I doubt very seriously if that young man ever even heard of Emmett Till. I knew at 15 years old I didn't. As I grew up, as I grew up, I got on my mother. I said, Mom, why come her and this no good stepfather of ours? You never sit us down and talk to us about our ancestors brought over here as slaves. You never talk to us about the racism and the hatred that exists towards us in this country because of the color of our skin. The only positive thing I can see come out of this young man losing life like this, other young men and women, black young men, their eyes will be open. Their ears will be open. You see what I'm saying? And their minds will be open. You cannot trust everyone who's smiling in your face, especially if they are another color. Our young kids are not being educated the way they should be educated about the hatred that right. exists toward them simply because of the color of their skin. And that's some of that we got to take the blame over, and we got to knock this off that's and educate right. our young people. You know what I'm saying? That's right. Uh, lastly, I, I just want to make just one other point. Remember that young baby, that child was found here in, in, in one of the lagoons here? They found the head, they found the hands, and they found the feet. Remember that? But they didn't find the body. Yeah. Well, I, well, yeah. I just came flat out and said, you know something, you people, I like to look at everything from every perspective. That's how you slaughter and butcher a farm animal when your intentions are to cook it and eat it. They're not gonna find a body. The white people, yeah. they told us the they done ate that baby. There's no doubt in my yeah, mind that these, yes, yes. And they do it as a yeah. ritual, like they're still doing the slave hunt and, and, and the coon chase and all that stuff down south. There's no doubt in my mind, this young child was turned over to a racist clique that had butchering plans for him to do this. And thank God it's not 1955. That white mother and her son, they knew to pack up and get the heck out of there because the son had to. That have been my child. Oh, the police would have been knocking on the door. That would have been me beating your door down. You know what I'm saying? Yes, I'm not saying what yes. you're going with your life. You are finished. And I don't care what happened to That's me. Right. I said, or oh, in the midst of that. You know what I'm saying? We got to wake our young people up. We got to tell our Christians, brothers and sisters, you got to stop handing your kids over to these people. There's certain things oh that, you yes. that you do not do in this life. Just like a young lady knows you do not walk down a blind alley at 2.30, 3.30 in the morning with a miniskirt or, or period or by yourself. There's yep. certain exactly. things you, don't, you do not do. Simple as yep. that. So we're the blame, too. It's time to wake up, black people, and wake our brothers and sisters up. Thank you for letting me have the seat. I'll speak Thank to you next time on the Uniques of the Black People the next time I call it. But this is just too All important. Right. Yes, Thank sir. you, my Thank brothers. You. No, Thank this, this is, this is it here. This is it. Thank you, Brother Frank. Oh, my God. Thank you. This is, no, this is, um, 
harsh reality. This is the truth. It, it is it is our responsibility. And while on one hand you feel sad and 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 horrified, on the other hand there's an anger in 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 the family among us that what is wrong with us that we keep doing this. I I, I just right. I, I I'm I'm left at a, I'm at a loss, and I see more and more why the honorable Elijah Muhammad had a point four demanding a separate state or territory, but in point five he said he wants everybody to choose. Because you you can see some of us are lost. We can't we can't be redeemed. We we are truly uh like the minister said, we're melanated but it, it's it we may have a brown complexion but we have a white mind. And so of us are so enamored, you know, of these Caucasians. It's it's just mind-boggling, and we need to just let go of of of, of even trying to convert these people. And that's why they need to stay here because they'll get our children killed. They'll get our Come women on. killed, our men killed. That's because right. You, you send your children off to the slaughterhouse. And that's exactly right. That baby was reared in such a way to, to there's a level of trust. You know, we need to teach our children so that, you know, when they see them coming, they should go the other way. And then, of course, it's our duty to distance. You know, I, I, the one, one of the upsides of this COVID is social distancing, social distancing. And that needs to evolve to geographical Distancing But we plant our flag And we fly our flag And we live on our land And you go over there with your vaccines And your drunkenness And your uh, freakish behavior You're an abomination In the sight of God And we don't want you Around our children And they should be taught that From the cradle We talk about on the show Brother Terrence all the time The first thing that any species teaches its offspring before they teach them how to find food. They teach them who their natural enemy is. That's right. Come on. That's the first thing a a baby bird learns, a frog learns. You know, let our children watch these BBC uh, documentaries, and, and they're beautifully done, Planet Earth. Let the children look at those programs. Come on. And everything from the birds to the fish to the insects, the first thing they teach their offspring is how to survive. You don't have to That's worry right. about what you're going to eat if something's eating you. Yep. How to move. Know your my, territory. I'm know your terrain. You. That's right. But uh, unfortunately... <laughs> Uh, I apologize to all those we've kept waiting, and and we promise you we're going to start with our callers next week. But this was, it was important, and I hope you all appreciated understanding the history uh, and the contribution of uh, Brother Jerry Rollins and the minister's work uh, that is tied to that as far as our bonds with the uh, motherland. And, and of course, uh, 
please get your issue of the Final Call, November 24th issue of the Final Call newspaper. Thank you, Sister Attorney Pamela Muhammad. Uh, Thank you, our executive producer, Sister Rona Muhammad, and, of course, my illustrious co-host, Brother Terrence Muhammad, the great, great writer for the Final Call newspaper, Brother Brian Muhammad, Sister Crystal Muhammad from the uh, Black New Black Panther Party and a Muslim. And we are out here. We're out here working to save our people. May Allah bless all of us with love and the light of understanding as I leave you in peace. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum salam. Mm-hmm.